Gaming and BS episode 334 being recorded Monday, March 22nd, 2021. Welcome to Gaming NBS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Welcome back. If you're new, glad to have you here. Good to have you. Yeah. Sean, how the hell are you, man? Fantastic, Brett. How are you? Not bad. Did you get any gaming in since we talked last time? I did. Uh, die rolling. What'd you do? What'd you do? I played, I played, I ran session zero of Star Wars Edge of the Empire with the Jeff gang. Go well? Uh, yeah, I thought it went fairly well actually it's uh getting them all together and they have a good how they got together is a good uh nice yeah we're playing this saturday quick turnaround like we usually it's like once a month and what's next month look like like what about this next saturday i'm like uh yeah jeff, jeff told me about this game he said it's a feel-good story it, so he's really looking for not getting rom-com. It it's, a rom-com. <laughs> rom-com. it's a rom-com really just set set in the star wars universe yeah, he said uh, Sean's going WandaVision, but for Star Wars. So we're looking forward to it. Should be interesting. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> this last Saturday for me was gaming with. Oh, should uh, anything else you do? Uh, low, did, low fantasy? No low nothing? fantasy this week. No. So it was just the Star Wars Edge of the Empire spiel. My kids wanted to play some card games. So we played Hobbit Tales, which is one of my favorite, uh, our favorite little storytelling card games and then we played uh, they said we want to play munchkin i'm like all right so it was pretty cool it was it was good we all ended up at like level nine like out of nowhere like holy shit all three of us are level nine and then um uh, lana pulled a card and both she and have to be clear because we both won so it was a double win that's fantastic man aj, AJ was all geared up to like steal the win and and pull like super munchkinism but he got trashed so it was great it was fun yeah. That'll do it for sure. Ilana usually does not win that game. So she was super wicked happy because the card said, if this card allows you to win, you may, you, well, something along like, you may ridicule the other players mercilessly. So she spent the rest of the evening mercilessly ridiculing her older brother, which is awesome. That's good for him. But yeah. Oh, we also did uh, Little Dungeon of the Mad Mage last Thursday as well. Yeah. How did we it talk go? To it was okay. I'm going to have to talk to Alpha. We've got to do something. Either change characters, change up something. It's kind of... I'm bored. And it, I don't think it's anything he's doing like on purpose or whatever it is. But what either we're, we're doing something wrong. But I think the whole, why the fuck are we down here, is lost at this point. <laughs> so we've got to get... we got to pull our shit together. And talk to our game master and say, "Hey, man, what what are we doing wrong? How can we can we fix this? Can we do something better, better, different somehow." But yeah, we gotta get we gotta get that sucker back on track. So we'll see what happens. This week is Greyhawk, so that'll be fun. Greyhawk. They're going into their second actual dungeon, so it'll. Uh, they might lose a couple. We'll see what happens. They're playing pretty smart. I have Forbidden Lands on Thursday. Oh, actually, mm. so sh- no. Next Thursday, I'm a week off. Tuesday of this week, I have Delta Green. That's tomorrow. It is tomorrow. Uh, seventeen forty-five Delta Green. Is that VC's game? No. You're running? No, 
It's the Dock Group. Oh, it's oh the seventeen. I'm sorry. I thought you were giving me military time. Forty-five. Thought you were giving me a military time for the start. I'm like, all right, seventeen forty-five. Good for you. Um, all right. Huh. That's right. Your weird ass Delta Green, not Delta Green. <sighs> it'll be fine. I have faith in Ian. I have faith. All right. I have faith. It'll be man. fun. It'll be if great. Nothing, if nothing, else, if nothing else, sit back, enjoy the ride. It's gonna be fantastic. Exactly. Be fantastic. So I know you heard this. Because I see the show notes, and I saw it too. Mm-hmm. Alex Cameron, the boys from Gamehole, they've ordered event posters. Yeah, it's going. It's going to be in person. That's what they say. Wow, are you going? If I'm fully vaccinated, uh, I will. Uh, and as long as my wife is fully vaccinated, I will. Which we should be by then. Like if, yeah. if we're not by then, there's a there's a huge bigger problem. Yeah, at this huger. point, if you don't, yeah, that either should probably mean you don't want it. Right, because we're talking about October. Right. Yeah. So if if you've dodged it until then, yeah. So I want to get vaccinated. Just get it fucking done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a couple more implanted microchips. What do I care? They're Microsoft branded anyway. They'll probably fail and be hacked hacked eventually. So anyway, so I'm not worried. Did I tell you that when the time when that I got my I was getting my haircut. This is a weird segue, folks. So before I moved from Richmond Center up here, Sean, get my hair get my haircut. Um, stopped in. One last haircut, get it done. And the guy in front of me, there's only like me on this end of the room and, you know, hairdresser and one dude over there. And I can hear him talking because there's nobody else in the shop because they're running as much, you know, social distance and such. And he says, yeah, some of my coworkers are really worried about all the microchips in that vaccination. <laughs> you got to be and kidding I'm like, me, right? All of them? Like, how many fucking microchips do you think they're cramming in that? How big is that syringe? Was that the size of a ballpoint pen? What the fuck? That was the weirdest. That was weird. And the uh, lady used to cut my hair down there. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just trying to like go along with it. And she's like, that guy's weird. <laughs> and he was like, that's just all of them. Like, holy fuck. He was like, ah, just a handful? What the fuck? Anyway, uh, so GameholeCon. Go to GameholeCon.com. So I have a question, Brett. And check that sucker out. Yeah, are you going to go? You, wait, I, haven't, I haven't even asked you. Are you going? I plan to. Yeah. Are you going to run? A, are you going to submit events as soon as they open up? I plan to. Why? Well, I'm just I, like, I don't know. You oh, asked me. You, I you, you, you've, got a, you've got a sly looking face there, buddy. Maybe no, it's the mustache. I, no, I just. It's the new haircut you're giving me like, like you're, I don't know. Well, dude, there's, I don't know, a pandemic going on. We're not vaccinated. And there's a con in October that seems to be going forward. You could still say, yes, I'm going, but I'm going to hold off on events. I plan to, I plan to set up events and uh, run one or two and I'll, I want to. I'll get vaccinated beforehand, so I'm not too worried about it. I'm sure at that point. Do you know what you're going to yeah. run? Um, I got to run an Avalon game at least one. Otherwise, I'm leaving money on the table. That's just stupid. Um, that's just dumb of me not to. Well, dumb. Dumb is a strong word, Brett. I mean, no, on. no. I I have strong feelings about it. I'll I'll say dumb. That'd well, be dumb of me okay. not to. And I'm tempted to run something uh, a little bit different. Um, hmm. I kind of want to run DCC like a funnel just for the. Just for the sheer thrill of it, but I don't know. But definitely at least one one game of Avalon, most likely two of those, and I'll figure out something else too. I like to run about three games at uh, GameholeCon, so it doesn't get in my way. Three games, yeah, it's a good balance. I don't like running games on Sunday because Sunday's just wrap up, go home day. Right, I agree. Type of thing. I'm so. with you. So the other thing we got to do. Is we should get a hold of Alex or whomever is doing a thing and see are they doing podcast boosts and that type of thing. Is that a thing we're going to do or not? Don't know. What if there isn't? 
I don't know. Well, that's less shit to carry. True. Right? Because I usually... Um, I'll have to find. So if we do have it though, then see I that's our hangout. Well. Like we, if we know, without it, where would we hang out? Um, what I plan to do then is I'll hang out right in front of uh, registration in protest that we don't. <laughs> just to clog the area so that they know we're annoyed. I can I appreciate that. that. I, w- I wouldn't do it. Be tempting. I don't know, man. That's a, that's honestly a thing you and I got to figure out. Is that if they don't do that for whatever, if they say health and safety reasons, they don't want X, Y, or Z. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know how much of a normal con this will be versus different in some way. Don't know. So just more questions. Shit, we got to figure out. But we got some time. We'll suss it out. Sounds good, man. Anything else? No. Let's go to Random Encounter. Random Encounter segment of the show where we talk about and handle voicemails, emails, comments from social media. You first. Akadokan. Oh, I <laughs> nice. I started with mold. So he's talking about RPGs that influenced our play. He says, I started with the mold day basic D and D and dabbled in AD and D when I could get my hands on it. To be honest, I'm not even sure I knew what the differences were when I was younger. I grabbed anything I could get my hands on that said D and D on the cover. Same, same here, bro. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Much the same. Sorry, Sean, carry on. From there, I have to revise what I said during Monday's recording because I realized there was an important step for me between D&D and Vampire the Masquerade. West End Games, Star Wars, the role-playing game, was the game that introduced me to RPGs outside the mold of D&D. My family wasn't well off, but my parents cobbled together enough money to take us to Disney World because the Star Tours ride had just opened in 87. We were huge fans of Star Wars. As we left the ride, we passed through the gift shop, and that is where I discovered Star Wars, the role-playing game, and the Star Wars source book. My young mind was blown. I didn't have much money for souvenirs, but I bought both books and had just enough left over for a Pirates of the Caribbean rifle. 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 Oh, rifle. Yeah, I suppose a rifle. Yeah. Yeah. Not a real rifle, though. Hey, it's a pirate game. Who knows? Things happen. It's Disney. They're crazy. It's Disney. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That game opened my eyes to a wider world of RPGs. Because I was so familiar with Star Wars, I immediately fell into the groove of telling stories in this Star Wars vein that were nothing like our D&D adventures. I started branching out from there looking for other games, and soon I found my way to Robotech, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and Heroes Unlimited, uh, all Palladium books, of course. In 95, I played Call of Cthulhu for the first time, and I was not ready for that game. I knew how to play adventurers and superheroes, and I also had no idea who H.P. Lovecraft was. My uh, horror-lit education had gone no further than horror movie adaptations and a little bit of Stephen King. The game was great. I still remember most of it to this day, but I I wasn't in the right mindset for it yet. In late 95, my friends introduced me to Vampire the Masquerade in the wider world of darkness. That's when I got really deep into the storytelling side of gaming, and not just because that was the name of their system, hee hee. White Wolf's work changed my world for the better, and I loved the community, quirks and all. I eventually became one of the moderators on the White Wolf forums, but this is a story for another time. Vampire the Masquerade taught me about creating a real character and diving deep into that persona with that group. My gaming would spread out from there. I did eventually return to Call of Cthulhu once I had properly educated myself 
and it is one of my favorite games to play now. Anyway, great episode. Thanks for churning up the uh, nostalgic memories. Thanks. Thanks, Ekadokan. That's good stuff. I think <laughs> one of the things I, th- I think you say there, which I not, I think you say, which you absolutely did say, is you saw the Star Wars game went, ooh, it's not D&D, but it's something I understand. I'm very familiar with it, which is back in the day, there were only so many RPGs, depending on what story you ran into or how you ran into it. Sometimes D&D was all you knew. And that was one of the things when I first saw, I remember going past Walden Books in the Wausau Center Mall, and I saw the Middle Earth role-playing box set on a wall. Went, oh my God, there's a game for this world I love. You know, mind blown. I have to have this buy done, right? Had to have it. Save up, go get. There you go. Um, <clears throat> so, Robotech, I knew a couple of guys in high school that loved anime. They loved the animation stuff. They were cartoons, comics, anything that could get in that big robot world. When they found out there's a Robotech game, boom. You know, it was like, I love D&D, but they also had this huge love for this other property. And that that IP as a role-playing game grabbed them. So I could definitely see where that would pull you pull you in that direction and kind of open you up to other ideas. That's pretty cool. Anything else, Sean? No. <laughs> no. All right. All right. Let's see here. Stefan Dragonspawn emails us about RPG Tourist. Hello there, sexy BSers. A few comments on the last topics you find gentlemen discussed recently. One, on tourism. I find nothing wrong with touring a few new games if I've heard some good things about it. While at cons, I have tried some games in order to get a first-hand vibe on it. This can help me decide if I want to buy it and play it more often. Or I've got enough friends that some of them have run games for me in systems or settings that I've been curious about. That is actually very handy. If you've got a really good group of game total aside here, if you've got a good group of gamers they're hanging out with and they're willing to like spin through their collections with you, that could be a lot of fun. Sometimes he continues and has confirmed that the system or setting question isn't for me. Other times I've discovered a hidden gem. Two, the purge of RPGs. This is something that I've had to do multiple times in my life due to some major life changes as well as moves. There have been times when I have regretted giving up some of my books. Some books, not so much. Goodbye and good riddance. At this point in my life, I try to filter carefully what RPG books I will buy, not always successfully, lol. <laughs> and even before these COVID times, I've focused on digital media since they take up less space and can be used more easily on virtual tabletop games, which is how I've been gaming in the last four years or so. Three, changes. I guess this can be tied to the tourism topic as the game games I've tried at cons or for fellow GMs have often allowed me to improve or change some of my role-playing and gaming habits. For example, when I began playing with Savage Worlds rules after playing 3-5 D&D for years, I then wanted to run games with a little less crunch and allowed me more leeway and creativity to everyone around the table. Even when I went back to the D20 system, I tried to port over what I learned from those other systems. Don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking the various D20 systems. They have a lot of fans and some good things about them. That's it for me for now. Still enjoying the show, obviously, and your banter. P.S. Very happy to know you like the portraits I made of both of you. Getting back to drawing has been a great thing for me these days. It's a means to relax and pass the time. Love hugs and big wet kisses. Have a gay day. <laughs> Regards, Stefan Dragonspawn. I love Stefan. And those are, and those portraits are still awesome, dude. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. No, I think um, that's all good stuff. I, I think it's very, on the changes piece, that Stefan says, it's, it's interesting how you learn a new game. Like in his case, you learn Savage Worlds, whatever. And it's cool. There, there's a gem, a nugget, or something you really like about it. And whenever you run the next game, you kind of drag it along with you. <laughs> I know a lot of my D&D stuff after I played World of Darkness has a World of Darkness tone to it because I kind of can't help it. Very cool. Thanks, man, for writing in. Appreciate it. 
Over to you, Sean. Yeah, thanks, Stefan. Mark D emails us an RPG purge. Uh, let's see. You all right? I am right. I'm all right. I'm just fine. Just, Good. I'm just, fine. I'm just fine. This topic of the RPG purge has been weighing on me heavily in recent times. Thanks for giving it the old gaming and BS treatment. As a collector of many things, I can easily justify whether or not to keep certain items by asking the simple question of, does this thing bring me joy? But as a completist, this simple question becomes complicated. My insane comic book collection brings me immense joy. Part of that joy comes from sense of, a sense of completion. Knowing that I have every single X title from the mid-70s up until a few years ago, or a full run of Iron Man dating back to the 60s, even though I haven't read them all yet, brings a certain sense of fulfillment or satisfaction. Holy shit, I want to see that collection. It's probably pretty crazy, I'm guessing. That's insane. That's awesome. <laughs> Keep going. That's... Well... Um, I have no problem going through my closet and saying, I haven't worn any of these t t shirts in the past year. Donate. So why do I still have a milk crate full of AD&D second edition books when I haven't played that game in decades? Inquiring minds want to know, Mark. My friends and I are getting ready to retire our AD&D first edition characters after eight years of gaming, and I can't wait to be done with them. I might even burn the various iterations of my character sheets and campaign notes in an effigy to finalize the ordeal before we start over with brand new characters in 5th edition. For some reason, I'm deliberating the idea of hanging on to these 1E core books. Do I have any desire to play the system again? Not likely. Uh, so do I use my nerd cred if those books are no longer... Do I lose my nerd cred if those books are no longer displayed on a shelf in my home, even if I never use them again? Uh, the answer would be No. You don't. The second answer is um, it, you, you tell me what title you have, <laughs> conditions of those books, and then I may make you a fair offer if I need them. But I, that's, just, that's just an aside. Just an aside there. Carry on. Just, keep reading. Just saying, Brett. Just saying. Yeah. saying. Brett, I understand your nostalgia with hanging on to those White Wolf publishings. Sean, I feel your frustration with the time and effort involved with selling online. Warren Zevon said, I, we love to buy books because we believe we're buying the time to read them. Let that quote sink in for a moment. I say, it's very true. It's, I say, so true. perhaps Sorry. we hang on to things as if grasping at moments that only remain in our minds. Mark, official BS archivist Dawson. P.S. Apologize, apologize, apologies <laughs> for waxing poetic. I may have drunk some mead in alignment with my Viking roots while composing this email, but somebody please talk me off this damn ledge. Should I keep these books as some sort of weird reference, or would someone else put them to actual use? <laughs> I had a uh, I had a talk like uh, about this with my buddy Lenny. Went for a walk today. It's my I can't like truly exercise because of post surgery and all, but I can get out and do something in the decent weather. So I went for a walk. I said I'm wondering if I should get rid of those vampire books, the old White Wolf stuff I've got. And he's like, "Really?" I'm like, "Dude, are we ever going to play that game?" And they said, it's also not a game that any of my kids will play. Could be our next, could be the next campaign, Brett. It's not going to be. What did Lenny <laughs> say? Not, he's like, yeah, that's a good point. I think that kind of ran its course for us and uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I just, I just don't see it coming back up, man. I just don't see it ever happening. 
So it might happen. I might have to reach out to Papa Swick and see if he's interested in doubling up on any of his World of Darkness collection. I don't know. I might have to do it. I might have to do it. So we're going to answer Mark. What? Uh, so put him to someone else, put him to actual use, or does he keep them? What do you say, Brett? I don't, Brett has an ulterior I, I, motive. Brett says to give them I, to I, him I, I or sell them to I'll, Brett. I'll, I'll take them. I'll, I'll pay shipping. Um, I, honestly, if you look at some of the, if you have it, and, you, and that's where I'm looking at some of my World of Darkness stuff when I glance over there, I'm like, eh, am I ever going to use it? Some of them are good reference manuals, and I have looked at those, but there's a series of like the limited edition slipcase rule, le- leatherette rule set, blah, blah, blah. And the uh, Sabat Camarilla in a similar slipcase with the leatherette. I'm not going to use them. I bet you somebody somewhere is probably wicked happy to have them. Joe Swick is probably going to kill me because I didn't bother to sell them to him when he was looking for stuff. But maybe maybe I could uh, ease his pain and cut him a deal. I don't know. But anyway, I I don't know. I say get I rid of him. I don't know. I say get rid I of him, Mark. You heard it here. here. Especially if you, especially that first edition D&D stuff, I don't have to sell it to me, dude. But the point is, is that if you're never going to play it, you really don't like it, or if it's nothing you could, I mean, why? You get the, you get the PDFs of it, man. Anyway, there was another email that I had saw. I think a comment on our forums where somebody was saying how that actually stresses them out. Like there's a, like having so much stuff and having so many bookshelves and, you know, it's, it's. Yeah. Sometimes the, the, the volume can be overwhelming or daunting. And especially if it's not, if you feel like it's clutter, 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 and you don't feel like it has a place. Right. And so on. Um, I cleaned out, as I said on the show, when we talked about it, I cleaned out a bunch of stuff I picked up at auctions over the years. And my game shelf is much smaller because of it. But I like what I have a hell of a lot more. And it's not nearly as impressive for me. Wow, look at the volume of stuff you have, Brett. To But that's okay because I also I don't have enough room for all that. Right. <laughs> for some of that stuff. <laughs> Especially room for stuff that I don't want to play or don't enjoy that much. That's the other piece. I'm enjoying the hell out of some of the stuff I'm playing right now. So I'm like, yeah, I'll keep this shit. This was, this makes sense. I like this. I can see continuing to play this. So anyway, I don't know, man. There was something that came up recently where I considered buying it. And I don't know if it was the Ravenloft game thing that's coming up. Oh, the redo? Yeah. And I thought, ooh, or something else might have been too. And then I'm like, nope. I just no, no, nope, not my thing. No, 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 no. no, no oh, no. I know. Uh, Knights Black Agents GM screen. I got it. Was on my wanted list at Noble Knight, and it came up in my inbox along with uh, Horror on the Orient Express. And I'm like, eight hundred bucks that thing's going for. It's a good game. Oh. It's a hell of a good adventure. And it goes like, I've yeah. got, I've gotten an email, and then I go to Noble Knight, and it's like, yeah, I'm sorry, it's this gone. thing does gone. Yeah, it goes fast. Wow. Yeah. Anyways, but I could I could see definitely see why you wouldn't want to buy the the guide because like why I, I, when, yeah, when's the last Knights time you Black ran Agents, that? I'm a GM guy, so I like grabbing the GM screens and they're yep. sometimes good references. <clears throat> and I'm like, I haven't ran it yet. And frankly, if I don't get it to the table, man, I might have to put that thing on the the chopping block. Same with Trail. I could see it though, dude. If you're not playing it, you're like, I've got it, and I got call, coc, and then I got trail. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's a it's two flavors, very similar flavors. Right. And if you if you like one better, my buddy Lenny does not like Trail of Cthulhu rule set. He loves Call of Cthulhu. Fine, I like Trail, and I like Call. Depends who I'm playing with. Right. So I don't know, man. I don't know either. There you go, Mark. There's I, your answer. <laughs> we don't know, and we're of no help to you. <laughs> Love, Brett and Sean. Have a nice day. Come <laughs> Let's back. Let's move on. Come. Let's move on before we come back. Now you hear. <laughs> That's not the one I want to play. What the hell? Jesus. Show starting over. There we go. There we go. Alrighty then, Brett. So I was originally going to talk about the rule of darkness today. I thought, hey, you know, games have changed your lives and so on. But I really want to get at something a little deeper than this is that uh, Sean has this unbridled hatred at this point. He's the boiling cauldron of rage. <laughs> it's all focused around five, fifth edition D. That's not the source just, of my rage, by the way. In yeah, case anybody wants seems, to know, I don't know. It seems it seems really. I mean, it's nothing else. That's the that's the that's the thing you're whipping. You know, that's the whipping boy for you. So, Sean, I want to know. You know, if if you if we pull out five E, if you could show us on the on the uh, you know what, what it did to you, um, why, why you hate it so much. You know, you just had this. You spit on your books the other day. I saw it. It made me upset. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so, Sean, <laughs> make a good right, video, right. though. I think. <laughs> if I will, <laughs> holy crap! You know, you 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 would gain a lot of the wrong kind of followers and, and lose a lot of the right kind of followers. Agreed. And like like that fast. So, Sean, you used to be like a, a big five E guy. I'll say when I first met you, five E was there. No, you were you you like oh Brett, you you would kind of like this at Game of Con two. We sat down for uh, dinner with Doc. Like, hey, Doc. Yeah. And Doc sells Brett on 5e with Sean. Like, oh, look how cool this is. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, you should do this. It's Sean's fault that I bought the player's handbook and the monster I can, I can neither confirm nor confirm. deny this. Yeah. So, yeah, it's Sean's fault. And <laughs> so, but however, and this is, a, and jokes aside, right? Sean doesn't hate the game. However, sometimes our tastes change. And Sometimes we walk away from, and I'm talk, not talking walking away from the hobby, but this hobby is so vast at this point with flavors and types and options available. The golden age of gaming, as I say. Um, Sean, is there, is it the people or is it the game? <laughs> well, what are you looking for? <laughs> the people or the game? Yeah. So, so tell I'm me, Sean, about, who do you hate? Do you hate the yeah. people or the game or both? Yeah, when's the when did you stop beating your friends? Yeah, when, when did you just stop <laughs> kicking your cat? When did you stop kicking the cat, Sean? So what I mean by that, allow me to clarify, is are you finding that so D and D often referred to as the toolbox game on the show and in other places? Yeah, yeah, you, toolbox game, sure. blah blah blah. Don't have to adhere by rules, you know. Blah, yeah, blah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you more interested in this curated, um, quasi snooty approach of gaming where you I'm kidding. <laughs> Are you more interested in a, in we're going to attracting all kinds of people to us exactly. tonight. Everyone's going to yeah. hate us. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, trying to put my jokes aside here is hard to do, but are you, uh, because of what I'm, I'm watching you with like alien mothership call Cthulhu, um, and out forbidden lands. Mm -hmm, I'm like, man, mm -hmm. Sean is really grooving on this. What I call a fully supported single mode style of play is that, and you just don't like the the toolbox approach where because D&D has to support multiple modes and styles of play based on how it's made. It's just done meant to do that. High fantasy, low fantasy, horror, blah, blah, blah. You modify, you tweak it, you do this stuff. A game like Forbidden Lands, though, 
is built and designed around an experience. It's there to help you do that. Um, Mothership built and designed around an experience, and the pieces and parts are there to help you stay with that experience. And if you break that experience, it is more jarring, perhaps, and uh, sometimes easier to correct. Then, like, say, if you're playing Ravenloft and someone has a weird lizard man character you don't like or something. So, uh, have your gaming tastes changed? Or is there something about 5e that's just kind of like, eh, I'm done with it? Kind of, what's make, what's making you not turn your back on, but, like, set it aside? What's making you say, like, hey, you know, if I don't play 5e for a year, I'm fine with that. Tell me, Sean, what's your, what's your fucking problem? <laughs> so, for the record, I think 5e is a fine game. Goddamn right it is. I think the people that play 5e are fine people. That's true, they are. Okay. Let's establish those facts right goddamn now. <laughs> no matter what kind of words Brett tries to throw down this <laughs> no throat. Matter how, no matter how I try to coerce him into something that's obviously garbage. But, anyway. But I have had a bit of a change, and I'm not. I'm not opposed. I mean, I haven't sold my five e books. I haven't got. I mean, I got rid of a few adventures that I know I probably won't run. That I, mm-hmm. I've heard aren't that great, like Dragons of Tyranny, Horde of the Dragon Queen. Just you know. But I've kept Tomb of Annihilation. I've kept Curse of Strahd. I've got some of the Splat books, Volo's Guide, blah blah blah. Right. So those I have contemplated getting rid of them, just because I'm like, oh, you know what. When I want to play them, I'll just pick them up again. I don't know. Maybe. Whatever. Keep the core mm-hmm. three. Who knows? Regardless, it's... it's. Um, I like to explore different games. So I think there's two... I don't want to say there's two different gamers, but however, you know, off of Intracaso's Twitter polls and saying, hey, D&D 5e players... Why... What are the major... What's the major reason why you don't try a different game? And they say... They don't want to play, try another rule set or learn another rule set. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or, and then the ones that do, why do you look at different games? And they say, because they like to try other games and other rule sets. Variety. Variety. Exactly. So I'm the variety guy in the, the variety camp. And I think 5e is a great game. Curse of Strahd was. Everybody, I mean, we've talked about the Curse of Strad campaign. It came up again this weekend and the prior with Jeff and, and yep. our interaction with that. So I don't want to beat that dead horse. But if I run D&D 5e, I personally have to be in the headspace to say, I'm going to run 5e. And what does that mean? That means that everybody's a hero and that it's going to take three death saves and that's assuming I'm playing by the rules as written, which is usually what I do. I don't hack a lot of shit like Brett does and mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm going to rip this out and put that in there and, you know, Streets of Avalon it up or whatever it is that Brett does. So I have to be in that mode. And I think if I did it again, I would probably run an Eberron game and I would make it high adventure and I would make magic kind of proliferate it out there. And it would be it would be fun. But my brain right now is not in that frame of mind. And so if I ran it, it wouldn't be something I personally would enjoy. Or if I, and if somebody said, hey, Sean, I'm going to play, I'm going to, we want, I want to run a game. Will you play in it? I would have to consider like, well, what is it? What are you looking at? And, and frankly, it would have, it'd have to be a real hard sell. So you're looking at, does this go back to the, you want a game 
right now your headspace is in. I want a game system that supports a very single specific mode style of play. Uh, maybe because if I have to if I have to hard sell you on a D and D game, that usually means that I have to explain to you in detail what rules, what components, what pieces, what parts. What are you doing in Avalon, Brett? And why are you using D and D for that? Well, it's all and it's all circum. It's 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 all going to be dependent upon like if Brett comes. And I'm not saying uh, no, and I, I sounded accusatory. I no, no, I know. To, Sean. So I, not, I'm just telling you, I, just for anybody else out there, that's not what I, I wasn't trying to be a dick about. I'm that. not taking it that way. I think I think that's a legit that's a legit thing though. It's like, what are you using five E for? Huh? Have you ever thought about? Oh, this sounds fun, or it doesn't sound fun, or eh, I don't want to mess with it. I mean. Th- those those questions are legit questions. There's it's not like being an asshole to ask those questions. I think there's a lot of five E love out there. There's tons of five E. My Twitter feed is full of five E love. The gaming and BS one especially. There's a lot of people yeah. that we follow that are five E designers, players, you know, whatever, and that and supplement and third parties and stuff like that. And that's great. And it's the five hundred pound gorilla, and that's fantastic. But at the same time, I'm kind of like you know, there's other games that are just as good, if not in some opinion better it's all you know relative it's all subjective so for me if brett came to me and said i'm gonna run a 5e game sean i want you to play in it i'd say uh first of all i got shit tons of stuff going on other than you're busy no no i get so it. that's one thing and then i say okay Same. brett what are you thinking like long term short term one shot one shot okay it long term eh mid you know middle of the road four session arc and eh, maybe not. Oh, but it's going to be different. It's it's this or it's that or it's got a certain angle. Come on, man. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And I'd say, well, maybe. maybe. So aside from the scheduling, aside from whether it's a one shot, it would have to be something that I would want to be interested in right now. I mean, I play Delta Green. So I have a very big interest in Delta Green. I always have. I don't think I discovered it late in life. I'm a, I'm a latecomer mm-hmm. to Delta Green, right? No, you are. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. And I think that... Reading it and understanding it and the bonds and the campaign we're going to be rolling, I'm playing it, and eventually I'll probably GM it because it's a we're going to rotate GMs. So that's the the stories in that are going to be interesting to me. Not that the D and D won't, but it's just not something that I mean. Even fantasy, Forbidden Lands, we're running. It's a completely type of different fantasy. I just think that's what I'm looking for is something a little bit. Uh, if I were to say fantasy in a box. And I wanted to package it and I would say, ooh, and open it up and want to kind of delve in. It would be something a little bit lower in level as far as D&D. I'm not, I don't want to play, not that you're, that everybody's superheroes, but let's face it. The premise of 5e, and it states it in the books, is that everybody's a hero. You're heroes. Yeah, I think I would almost liken this to, to use a food analogy, Sean, it's like, I like cookies. I like chocolate chip cookies. Right. But I also like macadamia white chocolate chip cookies, right? Yeah. I, I, don't, I I do not like peanut butter oh. cookies, but I know some people love peanut butter cookies. Come on, Brett. I know. There's a lot wrong with me, and then we'll get into it later. Um, <clears throat> snickerdoodles. Also, I mean, I like, I love cookies. The point is, <laughs> Dude, at a certain where is this list go- them all, I can't man. wait to see where this goes. I love cookies. You have eaten and been involved. You've had nothing but, quite frankly, I think you played a fuck ton of 5e. I think you're full of 5e at this point. You've experienced so much of it that because you like to branch out and try other things and try all these other games, it's difficult to find the time to do that. And you've experienced so much 5e. It's not that there's nothing new in 5e, 
but it would be you would be harder pressed to say, "Ooh, it's a it's a new way to play D anD D with a horror bent on it." You're like, I will play Call of Cthulhu. It's a new way to play D anD D with this bent. I have Savage Worlds, which is totally fine. I think, quite frankly, you may have uh, you, you may have just gotten sick of it. Played it too much. I mean, it, it fucking happens. Akadok, it's like, I just figured it out. Sean is going through his world of darkness phase of life. Yeah, he's like, this is, <laughs> yeah, he is. It totally is. No, uh, there, there, there's a point where I, I think, depending, we both know people. We both know a guy who um, played Pathfinder. Yeah. And that's all he played. Yes. He did not know that 5e was a thing until like, Two years after it was out. Truth. Hidden no concept. None. Because he and his group played Pathfinder. That's all they fucking played. He didn't go online, didn't check anything. That's all he plays. And um, AJ's friends like to play D&D. Because that's what he started running with them. And I played with them. And that's the big game. They like that. AJ will mention other games. Oh, my dad ran Call of Cthulhu. Uh, I don't know. I like D&D better. They haven't even played the game. They just like the concept better. They're not full. They haven't gone in and uh, spent their time there, right, for whatever that's worth. And some people go in and play a game and say, I'm done. I played Call of Cthulhu. Eh, you know, it's a palate cleanser. Play it once every quarter just to just to kick the kick the tires on the old girl, and I'm happy. You know, and I put her back in the garage. That's all I need. And other people like to spend quality time in different areas. And I think some of what you like to do, which I actually admire because you've got a really good stable of different things you like to try. You like to put a decent amount of time to each thing that you're trying. I think it's wicked difficult to do that if you're always going back to an intense 5e campaign. You know what I'm saying? It's something you've tried. Oh, You you know it. You understand it. You get it. You grok it. You can play 5e in your sleep. You want to learn something new and different. We only have so much free time, right? So if you're going to do that, something's got to give. You don't want to quit all the other aspects of your life just to free up more time. You're married. That'd be bad. Um, so you, you got to cut something in the hobby then. And within the hobby, is that, you know, hey, you know what? I'm going to push this big grill off to the corner. Doesn't mean it's bad. It just means I don't have time for it. I want to play other stuff. Yeah, well, absolutely. That's that There's no, without a doubt. There's nothing, nothing bad, nothing negative. I don't, I wouldn't slam 5e or any other game for that matter, um, regardless of my, personal tastes or preferences. Now, one of the things that you and I have talked about with like Forbidden Lands made kind of made this count come this topic come to my head was because you said Forbidden Lands is so different than D D. It's totally not D D, Brett. Oh my God. And I'm like, okay, I get that. I don't I don't care about that statement, Brett doesn't. I'm like, whatever. It's not D D. Neither is Star Wars, dude. So Why every time I say that you don't care I just, what I, I, I don't care. You don't care. I, it's I, not that I don't care what, what I, I say. say. I just don't care about you. No, that's not it either. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, what I want more though is I want to know how is it different. So that made me think, and then you've explained it to me. I'm like, how? How? Yeah, tell me more. So on Voxer, like, hey man, it works like this. I'm like, okay, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. you're explaining it to me. So what that made me think was, I'm like, Sean is looking for what I call the curated kind of defined experience. You're looking for an experience that is fantasy, but done in a specifically different way that isn't a house rule on top of an existing thing. You want a whole new look from a totally different group of people 
that have created a different mechanic system. You know, uh, res- resolution mechanics are different. This interaction is different. All this is different. Yes, Brett could do the same thing with 5e, but I would be house ruling it to make it have some of the stuff you've talked to me about. You don't want that. You want to play because you like to play more rules as written than I do. So I think that makes sense. Yeah, I I do. You're right. But there is a game that I want to run that is not that I want to I want to do some house rules. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So what is that? Um. Well, I want to run. I'm thinking. I'm thinking what I want to run at some point in time, and I'd be soliciting probably some some BSers and maybe some folks from the community. Is I'm thinking about running maybe maybe BX and okay. uh, probably um, some borrow maze. I'd probably run borrow maze and um, that's a fun that's a fun dungeon. Yeah, it's a it's absolutely. I'm sure I, I've heard a lot about it. I've heard it. Talk, and talk about the ability to have a drop in, drop out. Right, and I would probably. Uh, probably insert some combat wheelchairs. Uh, probably, you know, put that in there. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, um, probably, uh, what else can I? There, there was some things that were going through my brain, and I was just just thinking about these. Brett sitting sitting at home the other day, and I'm like, you know, once Forbidden Lands is done, it's my the fantasy kind of fill I'm getting right now, right? Yeah. And once that's over. What could I do next? And I'm thinking, why not run BX? And then I would have probably some, I would probably insert like Dragonborn and Tieflings um, into the game. So I would. Is this the, is this a, the, the quest for the, the gatekeeper? Is this the, is this the one you're talking about? I don't know what you're talking where, about. Where, where, where you go through, you, you find the different gatekeepers and just destroy them? Well, <laughs> it's hard to say. It's hard to say. So I'm hard, thinking, hard say, I'm thinking that stuff. And then. Um, you know the orcs would be. The, I think the orcs should be the good guys, and uh, the humans are the bad guys. And I think I I would do that. I would probably stream it, put it up on YouTube, and and see get some feedback. Um, I, I, but I think that's got some wheels, man. I, I think. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna take something and you're gonna implement some house rules, come on, let's let's implement some freaking house rules, man. Let's go all in. Come on. I mean, you know, <laughs> level restrictions, all that stuff. That's man, that's kind of low bar, right? Like but let's let's turn it up to 11. Let's let's see what happens. Let's create a story. Yes, if you're going to go into that dungeon and and you're in a combat wheelchair, maybe maybe it's I got to figure that out cuz I haven't read much on it. But if if that's something we could put in there and somebody wants to play that, then I want to th- like okay, you come to come to stairs. Then what's going to happen? I showed uh, as a total aside, Sean. I showed that to my daughter Ilana yeah. and, my, and my buddy AJ, my son AJ. Excuse me. You know what AJ and Ilana's comments were? That's fucking awesome. Really? Yeah. I put some four wheel freaking tires on that sucker, man. They they saw it and they're like that. That's the coolest fucking thing in the world because they love being creative and finding fantastic ways in a fantastic world to do fantastic things. And some people may say, you know what, Sean? Thanks for hitting me up to want to play that. Uh, but I'm I'm not interested, and I go, okay, that's okay. Like Brett, I could say to I could ask Brett, and Brett could say, hey, you know what, Sean, I got shit going on. That's that's not my jam. Like the the, mm-hmm. the, the pitch that you're kind of putting out there is 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 not for me. But you go and have fun, and I could say, all right, man, thanks, I appreciate that. So exactly. so I don't. So going back to kind of five e, and and 
I don't know if that's, I, I don't need 5e to do that. I mean, I could do it in another game if I want to. I mean, it's my, it's, oh, it's my game, right? It's my game. Oh, absolutely. There's no gaming oh, yeah, police. We... Brett, are you going to come into my house and tell me how to run my game? Uh, no, I can't, Sean. Um, uh, you, you've, you've seen to that. There's legal precedent. I'm not allowed to do that anymore. No, we, we, <laughs> no, we would never we do that. We told Brett, hey, you can't, you can't be coming in no, and messing with my that, game anymore. No, but I think, never do that. Never, never, I think ever. with 5e, it's a, uh, just for me, it's a, it's a, it's a time and place for me where I'm going to explore other stuff and there's nothing wrong with 5e. And eventually mm-hmm. I will go back because I'll get the itch again. Um, I'll tell you, one of the coolest yeah. parts about our, our hobby is that the only reason the game is dead is because you're not playing it. Right? If you've got the rules and you have it and it's on your shelf and you want to play it, you can find somebody who probably wants to play it. Your friends uh, that you already game with uh, or some people online that you know or whatever. And the other cool thing is there's plenty of people who want to play that game in multiple different ways. Right. Yes. That are out there. You can you can pitch all sorts of crazy cool ideas for five E B X, Delta Green, whatever it is you want to do. Shit, the Delta Green Green game that you guys are running. We I give you shit that I'm like, oh my god, that doesn't sound like traditional Delta Green to me at all. But it's not traditional Delta Green. Who cares? You know, you bring up a good point, Brett. Let's let's see how it rolls, man. You, because you, why not? You, yes. You bring up a fantastic point. As a matter of fact, if I ran five E, I wouldn't probably run it with Dragonborn or Tieflings. But in in BX, I would. I think it would. I would. I think it would be a different experience. Actually, that would be a pretty different experience. Right? It'd be very different. I mean, that would go back to the old Gygax comment of if anybody wants to play a dragon, just make sure they're a first level dragon. And they, have, I mean, he said that. That's that's a quote. Yeah. You know, in uh, one of his one of his earlier writings. That's kind of cool. And you could. Ch- <laughs> I mean, you could change it to anything. Anything you want. You could be anything you want. Exactly. So. Yeah. You all right, Sean? I'm just thinking about that game, man. Now I'm thinking, well, maybe maybe I should kick that off somewhere somehow sometime. Like I, I got to write some of this shit down and start getting this underway. I don't know. But, uh, you know, 5e is not gone or nor forgotten, and it's going to come back around, and I'll be it'll all be... Fine and dandy. I don't know if I would make changes. I don't know if I'd make, like, I'd re- we talked about removing skills at one point in time. You're going to run Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, and you're running, you're going to use 5e, right? Yep, that's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm thinking about doing, yeah. Are you going to implement any house rules? To What I think I want to do um, more with with 5e for Rhyme of the Frost Maiden is to take some of the, the published um, alternate rules that ah, are in yes. the DMG. We've talked about this. Um, old school DM has said, hey, Brett, dumbass, there's stuff out there. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. There's a bunch of, um, <clears throat> there's some really cool other things that are within the DMG and some of these splat books and stuff. What I think I'd like to do, honestly, is comb through some of the books I have and then say, this fits this setting, so on and so forth. But have it all be within within the game. I am not a huge fan of um, Dragonborn and Tieflings myself. And I think that's more for me just like, huh. It, uh, it, the world I have that isn't built into. However, the other thing I was thinking about was, you know, making, because I like to homebrew my own world, my own world, right, is make a world that all of the 5e stuff fits in. Because I think part of my problem feels shoehorned in 
to like the Forgotten Realms and some of the uh, the stuff, uh, the official worlds and such of, of TSR, I think it would be fun to build a world, my own world, where it all has a place and so on that I help create with my with my friends and stuff. I think that could be a lot of fun. And then the Dragonborn, much like like Matt Colville with the Dragonborn, his homebrew world and how tieflings operate and so forth. Like, huh, that that would be kind of fun to do to build my own world and then take all the 5e components of it and make sure that they all have a place. I think that would be fun. You know what? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. What's that? It's okay. I know it is. It is it is okay. It's okay. You could do that. I know, Sean. You are right there, Brett. I am all right. I'm just thinking so all I just right. got a lot of stuff going through my brain, Brett. It's like all good. It's all good stuff. Like, man, it's, you don't think, you're not afraid of me coming over there and telling you like, hey, man, you can't be doing that shit. You could try. That's true. (laughs) Brett owns many more guns than I do. Like, I don't know, all. Not even that. I'll just, I'll just, I'll lock the doors. Get the fuck out of here. That's true. He doesn't even have to. That'd that'd be enough for me. Knock, knock. Push you off the stairs. (laughs) Knock it off. Get out of here. It's locked. Gotta go home. (laughs) You drove, you drove four hours to yell at me about this? You idiot. Yeah, I think, honestly, so I think, if I take kidding aside, one of the cool things I think that when I look at the, the list of the BSR games and the stuff that you've been getting into on the, um, I jokingly say that Sean hates 5e. Obviously, Sean doesn't I don't hate 5e. 5e. No, but what I think is interesting, the way you're going about, like, hey, you know, I'm kind of done with that for now. And, but I want to do these other things because I want to have these other experiences and so forth. It is interesting because uh, when you're like, oh, it's different than D&D. I'm like, oh, how? You know, press you for that. You give me examples like, oh, that sounds like interesting. I don't know if I want to play that. Oh, I kind of want to try. Oh, I don't know what I want to do. You know, Forbidden Lands. It sounds interesting to me. I don't know if Forbidden Lands would supplant D&D in my gaming library, but I want to play it with you next time. Once this campaign is over and you kick off another one, I want to I want to play. I got Dark Springs Island specifically for that. Yeah, I saw that, too. You posted yeah. that up. I, I want to give that. Sh- I want to try that stuff. I want to try it to see. Wow, this could be a different type. My crew actually asked me the other day because I'd mentioned um, Dungeon Crawl Classics when they were over at gaming, and they're like, "You know, we haven't played that in a while. We should try that again. That was kind of fun. Let's do another campaign." So I'm like, "All right, that's on. That's back up on the list." I'm like Jen Brinkman will be happy. <laughs> I can tell her I'm running Dungeon yeah. Crawl Classics again for the guys. But I think the to go back to what I was trying to say there, Sean, is I think one of the cool things that you're doing here is you're trying other games and so forth, and you're not bad mouthing anything else, right? Because it's very easy. So here's no. And is that I, is that how I'm coming across? No, you're not. No, you're not. So what oh, okay. what I'm saying <laughs> what, what I'm saying is I remember this distinctly. And this kind of comes on the heels of games that change your mind. When I started playing Vampire, there were a couple guys, men and women, I should say, that were playing with me at the time, and we were talking about different things and so on. And I remember the one gentleman said. Yeah, those D&D, those D&D books aren't fit for toilet paper. That's just crap. Those games suck. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, the quote was, I wouldn't wipe my ass with that with that rule book. Wow. I'm like, whoa. Damn. Dude. You have a dirty ass, dude. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's, <laughs> like, what the fuck? First off, it's 300 plus pages of toilet paper if you really need it or something. Come on, But I'm buddy. like, man. That, but it was very common, at least in the World of Darkness circles, I was privy to, to bash anything else. I found that a lot within subs within it was very popular. Dungeons and Dragons is stupid. That's for babies and people who really don't do real role playing. That's World of Darkness, baby. Vampire man, this is where the real role playing is. And then somewhere apart from that, were the were the people who played like they went to AmberCon and played 
amber diceless hardcore like the rest of you are all a bunch of wusses because you don't know how to really so there was there was that and it, it's still out there oh right yeah, obviously in in the gaming sphere i haven't experienced it but i know it's out there yeah and it, what's what i think is important is that it, you know it, it's an ironic title or maybe not ironic just silly it's important the, the way we expand, do different things in the hobby. Like, hey, I really like this game. And someone says, hey, what about 5e? You're like, eh, I'm kind of done with that for now. Or oh, you don't like 5e? No, no. I'm just saying I'm done with it for now. I, I don't want to play it right now. It, it's, you know, you want to play Pinochle? I've been playing Pinochle for 15 years. Can I please try to play Texas Hold'em? Something else. You know, Sheep's Head. Sheep's Head. Anything. Damn it, sure. Brett. Anyway, I've never played any of those things. You've never played Sheep's Head? No, I, I have tried. I'm terrible at it. Oh, I love that game. Uh, Euchre, no good at that either. No, anyway. I don't like Euchre. I'm not a big fan. Anyway, point is, is that not everybody settles in and plays one game for the rest of their lives True. or one style. And some people, some do, some do, absolutely do, which is really wicked cool. There is a piece of me that we've talked about this before ages back, but you meet that person who's been in ev- effectively the same Dungeons and Dragons or whatever campaign world, and picking D and D because it's old for thirty years, forty years. They've got three ring fucking binders of just lore and knowledge their characters have built. They've they've lost characters, built new ones. It's this crazy campaigns have come and gone, but it's all within the world, man. And like, wow, there's something cool in that. That's kind of neat. I don't know if I want to do that, right? Because I look at that, yeah. and my first thought is, that's right. wicked cool. Wow, I am envious of you. Yeah, much envious respect. of you that sure. you have the time to do it. You have that much passion for it. And that, and you found your jam, and you're just fucking jamming on it. Boom, you've got that. Ah, no, I got other stuff. To, I got other games I want to try. I'm not going to tell you you suck because you haven't played Call of Cthulhu yet. And I don't care. I'm like, oh, dude, you got to try this. I want to pull you in, right? And that's what you're doing, what I see anyway. So, short versions. I want to say, I want to say, I th- thought you're doing going about it the right way. Quite frankly, thanks, you Brett. Know, when you tell me, hey, I really like this Forbidden Lands thing, man. I don't honestly get the feeling that you're like, oh, the games suck. It's Forbidden Lands or die. You know, it's, it's no. not your it's not your approach. And I think it's it's really well done the way you come at this stuff. I think that the folks, and this isn't five e either. I, I mean, Intracaso's five e target audience. I think it's with any game that you play out there where people might be adverse to trying other ones because they don't want to learn a completely new rule set. And my only rebuttal to that would be. You might not have to learn the com- a completely new rule set up front in order to try it or have a good time. Like if you go to a convention and you want to roll DCC or whatever, Blades in the Dark, I mean, if you're going to a con in four hours, you're probably not going to learn the complete and entire rule set. And some of, let's face it, I mean, I got Edge of the Empire right here. This thing is not a thin book. Like this thing is a freaking beast it's like what is it to come way in at 380 pages whatever 442 pages right so it's not small but the rules itself are relatively straightforward like a lot many can be boiled down in this book to like a couple few pages so it's like the, the so it's a it's it's a preference where somebody says hey i don't want to learn another rule set understandable great and that's okay and that's your prerogative but you know you may not have to just read the entire 480 pages of a rule book to play it once and have a good time so i think sometimes that 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 statement of i don't want to learn a new rule set is a simple 
is oversimplification. It's an oversimplification for a very complicated reason. And it is difficult. And sometimes, sure. quite frankly, somebody's fucking business why you don't want to do it. I have or they people, just don't want to, which is yeah, they just, play, they just, just made, say, like, I don't yeah. want to. I have. So the other reason I bring this up is I've had people say, well, I really don't want to do it. Like, okay, cool. That's fine, man. That's totally fine. I had a gentleman who used to game with me this ages back. Um, he's moved. Uh, but he I could can't not, believe he moved. What I can't believe he did. moved either. It's just, oh, it's hurt me. Um, but, and we'll not name names, but he quite frankly did not have a lot of money at all in any way, shape, or form. Barely making ends meet. Yeah. He had a couple of rule books. That's what he liked to play. And if I said, hey, I was thinking about it, he's like, well, I'm really not ready to learn a rule, new rule system. I really like what I have. The undertone was he was not able to afford to buy a new rule book. He didn't want to ask for charity. There was no PDFs at the time. He didn't want to say, hey, Brett, could you lend me your book? He was a proud he was a proud individual, and he didn't want to. It, quite frankly, he felt embarrassed. You know, And he told me that at one point. We're out drinking. And he said, yeah, I just I know I really can't. Oh, geez, I'm glad you guys invited me out. I'm sorry I haven't been able to buy around. I just, you know, you know me. I'm kind of, I'm like, dude, it's fine. It's totally fine. He's like, well, you know, I, I want to play some of these games you're talking about. I just don't have any money. I'm like, I got a spare rule book. Really? I said, yeah, I bought two. It's fine. I bought one for the table, you know. That's and a that, valid reason. Like, I don't want to buy another no, rule book. Exactly. I can't afford it. Right. The reason I'm saying it's an oversimplification is, and told, told that rather personal story, is simply because sometimes there's more to it than that. Yes. And I think when people give you a reason why they don't want to, learn a new rule system and sometimes it's just a snap answer like look i don't want to get into this discussion right now so i'm going to give you this pat answer which is leave me alone and i think we need to respect that and i think that's another thing that what i see the bs is doing and decent people you, you yourself do this as well as other people like eh, i don't know if i want to try it. are you sure because we could yeah i really don't think so okay cool man if you ever want to let me know Dude, that's, it's not, I'm not a drug dealer. Christ. No, but, but the cool thing is that when, <laughs> the, I think it's a great approach though, because when we do that, when someone says, I want to try something and we're like, Hey, do you want to, or we say, do you want to try this? I'm not, I don't know if I'm interested. You sure? Cause we could do, I don't know. Okay, man, just let me know. And that type of back off gives that person an opportunity to relax. And sometimes it's like, look, they just spent, you know, their year's allowance on the last two or three splat books, you know, their fun money allowance is gone. And they got their their D and D splat books. They just got Tasha's, and they're really not in any position to do. Or the, you know, times a premium for people. Sure, not everybody can do different things. But anyway, we're um, kind of deviated a bit there at the tail end here. But I don't know. Uh, not that we do that too much. No. <laughs> but I think it. I think one of the things that um, that I've learned from you watching you kind of say, "Hey, I'm going to put five of you aside. I want to go get this other stuff." My tendency, quite frankly, is like, that seems weird. You can do that. You can do that. And you're like, yeah, I know, dude. I know. I don't care. I want to do this thing. And I don't try as many game systems as you. You you have done and played more game systems, more game systems than I have. I will almost guarantee it. Yeah, I think you, you, I think we've established that fact. Brett has played more, probably, like consistently over time. Yeah, hours more. at a table. I've got more hours at a table in, which yes. is what, neat for me. But, but you've played once, like very big chunks of yeah, one, like one game. massive investment right. in this, and a massive investment in this next right. thing. And I think there is something, there's something really cool about that. You and I've talked about, of but course, there's also yeah. something wicked cool with them. Like, huh? I wonder what this. Like, ah, you're like, yeah, I played that with Ron Edwards, the the guy who made the game. Yeah, I played that with this person. Like, holy fuck, dude! You know, yeah, I played that at this con. Yeah, I was over here and I got in on this game. Yeah, I tried this out. 
that's that's pretty wicked. I mean, that that's really cool. And I think there's it, it doesn't make um, somebody who does that a lesser or weaker gamer by any stretch. Right. But I think it's a different it's a different breath. Yes. Of experience. Which is uh, like I said, when when I'm like, yeah, but you can. You're like, yeah, yes, Brad, I can. I don't want to have to build it. I want to try this very specific rules as written as much as we can type of approach to see how it works. And what I have noticed when you talk back, when we talk on the show, whenever you've had a new game that you really liked, you come back with, I want to use this, <laughs> this toolkit. Well, well, I come back and say, hey. That's really cool. <laughs> I have this cool game. But the other thing, though, is that, you, <laughs> like uh, Echo Dokken was talking about, you taking pieces of that stuff and it's improving any game you're playing. Because you're experiencing different rule sets and different pieces and parts. You're like, ooh, I like this thing. Then when AD&D comes up or 5e or Savage Rules, you're like, ooh, I could inject this thing I learned from, from Forbidden Lands right now. And this will make this encounter wicked cool. And there is a weird dynamic, like going back to the last episode where we talked about games that influenced us or Mm kind of changed how we play, et cetera. And and some of that, you don't have to take like Savage Worlds and go, oh, target number four, that's cool. I'm going to make that and I'm going to put that into my D&D game. But I think what it does is it, it, it opens up things a little bit in the back of your brain subliminally, subconsciously, that you may not. You could. I mean, there's you know, there's nothing saying that it wouldn't happen. But I think sometimes some of that stuff may come forward in how you present your game if you're running as a GM or even as a player. Because sometimes as a player, you may run. So, for example, Savage Worlds has uh, it has um, uh, disadvantages, hindrances, right? Has hindrances as p- for player characters. And so that's part of the game. And it, there's a mechanical value usually that's attributed to those. And you kind of run it and great and you have a good time with Savage Worlds. And if you play with other Savage Worlds folks that embrace those hindrances as part of the game and the mechanics, then it's a different experience than maybe something else that you've played. Now you go back to 5e, which you've played before or maybe haven't. And then you're like, hey, I have these character flaws. They're not like spelled out necessarily. Maybe the bonds or background might incorporate those. But you, as a player, have experienced that in a different game and how that works. And so you don't have to bring the hindrances over verbatim and say, here's a list of hindrances, pick them, and then they're going to up and down your skill set. But as a role player, you can embrace them from a character perspective. And you, go, can implement, you can implement them in as character, and you're going to have a better time. And you're also going to bring more wisdom to the table. Sure. The crew is going to look at it, go, oh, that's how, you know, if they've not seen or done it in that light before. Right. Because at that point, like, oh, there's no mechanical advantage or disadvantage. Yeah, but it's wicked cool to have hindrances, so I'm doing it. PBTA no. game, right? I know Brett is not a fan. People are still wondering what the deal is with Brett. <laughs> I told people, I'm like, look, here's the deal. He's not going to bang on PBTA because he knows no, that it's, people it's like rude. it. It's rude. Yeah. Right. What's but the point? It, it, we know that for the kind of establishing. For record, it, it's not my game. It's not Brett's jam. But at the same time, it also can say, like, me personally experiencing that failing forward, I can go, oh, when I run a game in 5e, I can implement that. Instead of doing like a pass, fail, hard, black and white, I can be a little bit more forgiving in my style and approach and saying, hey, yes, you succeed, however, or yeah, you failed, done, but... I think the coolest thing I took out of um, when I when I read PBTA and I played Dungeon World, 
the coolest thing I got was like, I like these questions. Tell me about a time when this person saved you or those bonds, the way they create them. Yes. I have used that so many times. I'm not a mechanics fan for PBTA, but the narration components of it, I'm like, I love that taking it, love that taking it. So I just, I like that piece of it. I'm like, I don't like the execution from a mechanics perspective. That's just, that's a personal flavor thing. Who gives a shit? But I'm like, ooh, great. And now when I have these conversations, even with my old grumpy grognard old buddies of mine who've been playing together for 30 years and I pull out that question, hey, Lenny, tell me about a time when uh, Alpha saved you. He's like, ooh, I love this. All right, let's do that. Let's talk about that. This sounds fun. And they don't care where it comes from. Nobody gives a fuck. They're like, ooh, where'd you... Somebody might say, hey, that's a cool... Where'd you get it from? Like, yeah, I got it from this PBTA game. I was in 2K and Mechanics, but I really like this piece. Oh, that sounds cool. It, it, it's just... It, it's fun. And I think that by you... Because of doing this podcast with you and your love of trying different things, and you're, you are not afraid to leave a game system behind for a while, let it gather dust for a bit, and then come back to it, um, I have learned a lot more about other systems that I didn't know existed, which I think is pretty cool. So anyway, I think, um, I think that's about it. We yeah. Good? I'm good, dude. All right, let's move on. Let's do die roll. All right, let's get into die roll. I roll two to four miscellaneous points of game and geeker you want to bring to you. First one, first up, DCC Legacy. It's uh, you hear about this, Brad? I did not. So it is, it is not as you can see considered organized play. However, it's uh, Goodman Games's uh, stab at being able to take and port your character from one table to another. So if you go to a con. And you start out Dave Beatty's table, and you, and you go through table. a funnel. And you go to Jen Brinkman's table, and then you right. end up over at, ah. It's a simple optional system for continuing one-shot and convention characters, an easy-to-use system of log sheets that define XP values for extent adventurers, allowing you to transfer characters from one participating judge's game to another. Neat. Yep. So I thought, hey, that's great. Good for them. Um and if I know if I know Joseph Goodman and that crew, there's going to be badges and patches. And oh God! My character survived fifteen dungeon master, fifteen excuse me, DCC fifteen crew. judges. Yeah, DCC crew. I, that, talk about a game system that I like it. It's fun. I man, I wish I, I like the community I, I, better the than community, the game. The community is amazing. <laughs> yeah, Jason, hang out with those folks. Hang out with them at a con. They're a fucking hoot. They're yeah, great they're people. Very very fun. Anyway, carry on. Uh, the next one, and I do like DCC. I don't oh, know. Same, same. Comparatively same. speaking, with community, yeah. tough. Uh, the next one, the Darkest House Kickstarter by Monty Cook Games. Have you seen this, Brett? No, I figured that the Kickstarter would start late and end late and okay. deliver late, well, as right, most Brett, of his Kickstarters do. There's Brett's editorial on Kickstarters <laughs> with Monty Cook, um, which I knew was going to come up. <laughs> yeah. I got to say, hey. I, I stream this on Saturday. And I'm like, well, this Darkest Hour thing, I don't know if somebody brought darkest it up. House. Or what the, yeah. Darkest House. I don't know if somebody brought it up or what the case was. But you can, so I'm like, what is this bullshit? Like, and, and because I didn't look at Invisible Sun, I didn't back it, I didn't look at it. All I knew was some yeah. of the things that I had read online about, hey, we want to make, you know, do you get, is it hard to get people at the table? Is it hard to coordinate it? Is prepping taking you too long? I thought Invisible Sun was so supposed to address some of that. I don't know if it did or not. Regardless, this one is supposed to be a play anywhere, play virtual tabletop on, you know, Zoom, 
blah, 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 blah. Now, there, if you scroll down the Kickstarter, you could actually download a, The Darkest House, like a, a couple levels for free. Zippo, zero. Like, this is what we're trying to do. And it explains what they're attempting to do. And you could download the trial. And I got to say, this goes back to the innovation in gaming, Brett. Yeah, actually, uh, I started looking at this one. I'm like, huh, I don't know. Little burn on Kickstarter type of thing. Do I really care? And I started looking. I'm like, huh. That's just, okay. This right. seems innovative, which was my, which is exactly what I was thinking. This exactly. Is, this and is I, a different approach. A very it is. Different approach. It is. So it is the PDF on steroids. Is is my under like to to me that's what that's so you take the PDF and you have it linked and hyperlinked. This is probably three notches above that, which is you download it and it's like a, a like an app. It's an app, so you download it and it has these like the panes, like you have the map pane, you have uh, an outline on your right, and everything is hyperlinked even on the map. And this is not a PDF. This is an app, whether it's done in Node or whatever programming language and you literally if you want to show the players you can either share your screen or you click a link because it's right on the damn screen click this link copy it copies it and you put it in the chat and all the players can click that link and it shows them what that map looks like yeah it's made uh, let's see 1551 backers as of right now 10 days to go as of today march 22nd 2021 and they have made 115,705 dollars out of a 45k goal right so, it, so it's, you know money does well in the kickstarter space but my point of the whole thing is that regardless kickstarter or not the approach that they're taking with this is it's a house of course it's a haunted house in a, in a single adventure but the way they constructed ev- everything is like you, I'm telling you, man, you don't want any prep. You buy this thing and you just say, hey, you guys want to run? And it's system agnostic. There's no, you know, role to detect secret doors or do this or that because it, it's just, there's no system to it. It's just, here's the rooms. Here's some of the things that you might find. Here's the sounds. It has audio that you could play. Yeah, it looks, and, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it looks pretty immersive. Looks pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, so I, I wanted to give it props for what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, whether it whether it you know does knock out of the park, yes or no, remains to be seen. But the goal, but what they're pushing, what envelope? If there's an envelope to push, they seem to be on an edge, saying, "Huh, what else can we do in this space? What makes sense? What can get done here?" That's well, and there's cool. going to be tons of people that shit on it because they're going to be like, "That's not a tabletop RPG." There's no oh, pen paper, yeah, you know, whatever, dumb, blah, blah, whatever. Some dumb fuck somewhere is going to be a douche about it. But I think it's something that is interesting in looking forward. What is what is that next step? And I think the format of this particular product is intriguing. Whether or not it's embraced by the hobby, I mean, there's obviously a lot of people buying it. But I thought it was. I thought I kind of like that. Eh, sounds good. And I blew it off, and then I downloaded it. I'm like, oh, I see what they're doing here. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Next one, last one, Gen Con in person and pop up. What? Read that, Brett? No, I don't, I don't. I've not been paying attention to Gen Con. So Gen Con is going. I mean, the the plan is that they're going to have an on site, but they're going to limit the audience. I believe. I don't know if they're going to cap it. Whatever the case yeah, I is, heard, I heard that, and it's at a different time of year too. Yes, I th- they shifted it. They pushed it out. Yeah, they pushed it yeah. out. Yeah, and they're doing pop ups. So like local game stores can partake i don't 
quite sure how, or if it's just going to be some Gen Con sponsored event sanctioned thing at, at, I don't know if you buy a Gen Con badge, you get into the store, the store is going to have a list of events that people submit because they're local and they, you choose to run it local. I don't know, but I, I thought it was an interesting, and then they're going to do things online. So Gen Con is stepping it up to be kind of where can it hit everything as far as a con goes. So that's interesting. I don't know if people are going the pop-up or online. So there's like three options, right? How do you want a game? Yeah. They're trying to hit them all. Uh, so that's it for die roll. We talk about next, right, Brett? This week I was thinking of uh, pulling out the World of Darkness discussion, or uh, I might pull one of the other topics forward. We've got a, a one of the cool things about having a whole bunch of topics out in front of me is like I can switch them around. Which one seems more relevant? So I can be a little more freewheeling. So we'll see what happens. But like we I did got, we did say last week we were talking about World of Darkness. No, I know. So I'm thinking about doing it this next week. Just so we um, changed it. Most yep. most specific, most yeah. Think about diving into it. So that's probably yeah. what we'll do. Yeah, it'll give me time to buy all the books and read them all. Good. Good. Yes, every one of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All, all supplements yeah. and everything. Everything. Every all edition, too. Every edition. <laughs> all, all variations. On, oh, don't forget the Onyx Path stuff, too. Do you, then, yeah. Well, oh, Brett, I, I will have to, so that way I can go, Brett, but Brett, but I don't know if that's, <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah. accurate, Brett. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Thanks for everybody that has... Uh, tuned in to us and put up with our technical snafus earlier in the show. Thanks for tuning into the, the chat. Appreciate it, uh, everybody. Appreciate everybody that's downloaded it. If you see this on YouTube, give us a like or a subscribe. And then uh, we stream here every Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central Time on gamingnbs.com forward slash Twitch. And uh, otherwise, you can find the audio version of this online at your favorite podcatcher of choice. Otherwise, I am Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. This episode of Gaming BS produced with help from the following BSers. Wayne Peacock, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Todd Sharp, The Duke of Purple, Tendrils, Stefan Dragonspawn, Sky, Rory Weston, Ron Bishop, Roger French, Roger Braslett, Robert Nemeth, Rich Wishon, Ray Otis, Quigley Malcolm, Pure Mongrel, Phil McClory, Perry Basor, Orcus Dorcas, Old School DM, Old Schoolzer Roleplaying, Niall Diamond, Merkel Froelich, Miniature Master, Mike Hess Jr., Mike Coleman, Michael O'Holland, Michael Dinos, Melissa Bashinsky, Mark Tasaka, Mark Richmond, Larry Hollis, Larry Hout, Laramie Wall, Kevin Keneally, Josh Wallace, John Kayward, John Swick, John Swick, Joe Swick, Jim Ingram, Jim Fitzpatrick, Jeff Seifert, Jeff Goad, Jay Plata, Jason Hobbs, Jared Rasher, Isaiah Aries Christian, Hus Carl, Howard Bishop, Henry Newcomb, Harrigan, Ghost GM, George Sedgwick, Eric Tavola, Eric Frankhouse, Eric Salzwedo, Eric Jeppesen, Eric Avia, Ed Nice, David F. Baylog, Daniel Garrett, Dan LaValley, C.W. Mellencamp, Curtis Takahashi, Craig Shipman, Craig Huber, Craig, Corey Welch, Corey Gonzalez, Cole Cago, Christopher Lang, Chris Steele, Chris Shore, Chad Blayman, Brian Rumble, Brian Kurtz, AWOL Trooper, Angus, Andy Olson, Andy Hall, Adam Grote, John, Aaron Ralia, Aaron Coleman, and one dollar adventure frameworks hey you want to try a new game maybe play with some different individuals head over to gamingnbs.com forward slash games take you to a forum post and it'll outline some of the details of what we've got in store we've got a spreadsheet with over 40 plus games listed and offered by fellow bsers more one shots or limited run games try a new game meet new people 
gamingandbs.com forward slash games. Thanks, BSers! This, this has, has been, been a Litterbox, Litterbox Studio, Studio production. production.